Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall. Hi, I'm Aaron Kenny. You're welcome along to the Benchwarmers. Um, excuse us if there's a few technical difficulties. Uh, we've got um, new people on the desk. Neville is not here tonight. Um, he's away in London on a holiday. So, um, Dara Parker is joining me in the studio for a bit of soccer later on. Aaron, how's it going? Not too bad yourself. All right, coming up on tonight's show, we have, we'll talk about the soccer premiership, all the latest results. We'll talk about Rooney. We'll talk about El Clasico. Uh, we'll follow that with a bit of rugby. Uh, golf, Roy McElroy. Uh, Jay, uh, Cork County draws were made Saturday night, we'll talk about that and Amir Canada Boxing so um, I think we should get it started maybe if we have a song um, you can text us on 087-245 or yeah, two, damn I've forgotten the number now <laughs> 2744 2744 745 yes the call uh, us on 024-911-99 I know that the calling but it's the text number that gets me all the time or join the conversation on Facebook Twitter. Twitter.
us on 024-9228 or text 087-2544-745 and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Hello, welcome back. Um, what was that? That is your new jingle. The one before that. <laughs> that was Modest Most. Modest Most. It's, good, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good song. Um, Alright, so we're going to start tonight with a bit of soccer. Um, I think the best place to start because um, they started with Match and Day last night. It's going to be Man United uh, 4-1 against um, Wolves. Have you seen any of this? I saw the goals last night. I, uh, I, saw, I saw some of the matches as well. Good performance. It's badly needed, wasn't it? It was terrible, terrible midweek. Um, yeah. Absolutely awful midweek. Um, one thing that kind of hurt me more than else was a uh, Carrick or not Carrick, yeah, Carrick and Jones midfield, particularly Jones. Uh, Jones was outstanding, I think, yesterday. He was he was everywhere. He actually kind of reminded me of Roy Keane a small bit. He was back, he was forward, he was everywhere. But he did kind of get taken out of it midweek against um, Shakiri, the young on twenty one Switzerland player. He was came second after he came second and uh, European Championship player in the summer. But he's a very good young player. But um, he he was taking for a bit of spin midweek with him, but he was very good yesterday against Wolves, and the whole team was brilliant. Uh, Nanny got or Nanny got two goals, uh, Rooney got two goals. Yeah, it's what they needed like after what was happening midweek, like you know. Yeah, um, but I suppose it's important not to get too carried away as well. Aaron, is it? I mean, it was Wolves four from bottom. Um, I don't, I don't think since the, the drubbing at City that they've been the same team, and I think they they were exposed definitely exposed midweek. Mm. The lack of complacency, you would think, um, lack of urgency, maybe, yeah. or uh, Alex was a bit took took the, the group stage a bit too lightly. Didn't feel the strongest teams the first two or three games. First, yeah, that kind of cost um, us. The Basel game at home definitely cost yeah. us when we get, when they got a draw there. Um, I think the, the attitude that no, we always qualify. It's got it's not routine. was was an easy group. And, and um, this this is the thing, like because the last time we didn't qualify. Uh, in the Premiership, we went 10 games unbeaten after we didn't qualify. That was 2005. And we also won three Premierships that. We won back to back Premierships. So we, a, a, a hat trick of Premierships. Like I, I would take that in the next three years if we if we got eliminated this year. Mm. Because Barcelona or Real Madrid was going to win it anyway, in my opinion. I don't know what you think. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, so. Mm. Um, but I think there's certainly some, some um, issues to be addressed in the squad as well. There is, yeah. Centre midfield. We have to get a centre yeah. midfielder, no doubt. No, I would even say two. Um, I would say that <laughs> I would say that Carrick is well capable on his day. Like against Wolves, he was he actually went forward a lot more. He does in the big games. He tends to sit back and he does be in his shell a bit. If he can come out of his shell, he is a brilliant player. And he's not just a passer. He can go forward and he can link up play. Like, like not not he's not a Modric or anyone, but he is good enough mm. to be a centre midfielder at Man United if he play, comes out of his shell. You know. I don't know. I haven't seen it in the last few seasons. I would think more like a rampaging midfielder, ball winner, Scott Parker, Alex Song type, plus a, Sn- a Schneider together, you know? Yeah. Um, like, Park, Anderson, I think Carrick is, I think Carrick is average, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Giggs, 38. Yeah, 30, I mean, he was our best player against midweek in passing, like. Th- 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 cleverly, could, could, it be the answer, could it be the answer. Obviously, it's unfortunate that he got injured at the start of the season, but... Yeah. I think Ferguson's probably pinning too much of his hopes on him. He bears, obviously emerges as a credible midfield player, but um, I think the depth of the squad has been exposed, and he probably needs more more investment. Phil Jones could be could be the answer eventually, you know. But I don't think Rooney is the answer midfield. No, 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 because no, you're, you're, no, you're losing his threat up front then, exactly. and no, Hernandez can't carry it on his own either. I don't think, you know. Yeah, Berbatov is inconsistent, so it's it's just like, a lot to do. 
Oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just we'll finish up on this because we have there are a lot of other teams in the Premiership, <laughs> but um, like we played Everton at uh, Everton Goodison and uh, cleverly went off half time and we couldn't keep the ball in the second half. So cleverly could be is probably one of our most important players now. So yeah, we do need a centre midfielder possibly too. I won't. I actually <laughs> won't see it because you're probably right. Um, next game we're going to move on to Norwich and Newcastle. Any few words on Wolves? Few words on Wolves. Yeah. Um, two loose to the back. They tried hard. The Wolves they always try hard, but just. They came up against a better team and sloppy defending. Didn't close Nanny, didn't close Rooney for the goals, and you can't do that. Like Wolves are good when their backs against the wall. Wolves are not good when they have to go out and do it. Do you know what I mean? So to come into the season when they're down the bottom table and need to get results, that's when I don't want to be playing Wolves. But this time of season when they're kind of they're kind of just above relegation, it's not. They don't have to get a result. That's when you want to play Wolves because they won't. They won't hassle Harry and chase you as much. Fletcher got a good goal. Uh, that will be said, and he's a great player for them. But they're just not as good when they don't, when they don't have to do it. Mix McCarthy needs to mold him a little bit more. You know, when they, each week there's mm. little drops you know, and little mistakes that cost them every week. It's the same with every other team. Most teams could be up top of the table, but they do make the small mistakes. And small mistakes do matter, like, so not at the end of the day. Um, we'll move on to Norwich and Newcastle. Great result for Norwich, uh, um, Massive result for Norwich. Unbeaten at home, I think, this season, which is, uh, is, is fantastic for them. Um, Newcastle... Haven't won now in four games, I think. But then the four games were against uh, Chelsea, Man City, United um, and Norwich. Well, you'd, you'd expect them to get Norwich, but they have lost Ryan Taylor for the rest of the season. They've lost Calcini probably till next uh, yeah, probably till next week's calf strain, I think. So, yeah, they're struggling. They need to get re- next game is the big game for them. They need to get a result in the next game, do you think? Yeah. Well. Uh, definitely, yeah. Um, I think maybe Norwich, QPR and Swansea could, couldn't nearly all stay up this season the way it's going. Yeah, I, mean, I think so, yeah. Unless something dramatic happens after Christmas, which which it may you know some few injuries kick in and stuff, and we're seeing we're seeing again now with Newcastle Tottenham with squad depth. I don't think that they have it, and you know, St- Stephen Taylor out for season. It's it's a big one, and um, they, they probably need a few more players in January if they can get him in. And I, I wouldn't bet on that if the way um, the way it's going. The, way the money cash, is yeah. like there, yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. Um, Everton had had four or no, they, they had they had four starters sending backs, and they had f- three come on I think or something like that, uh, and. And Newcastle had four fullbacks playing, do you know. So it's kind of tell, it's the squads balance and squads is very important Premier League because if you lose one or two players, frontline players, mm. you're down to the bare bones. Um, yeah. Anyway, great result for for Norwich. They're flying high. They're ninth in the Premiership at the moment. And Lambert seems to be an excellent, an excellent manager as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he was great. He was uh, he won a Champions League with Bayern Leverkusen actually, as a matter of interest. Um, he's kind of a, he used to be kind of a sitting player, mm. kind of the McAlealy style. So yeah, he wa- I think. In that role, those kind of players, it's those kind of players that really make the best managers because they really think about the game, you know, the Scotty Parker type of game, player like. Um, next game we're going to talk about... Liverpool and QPR, 1-0 to Liverpool at home. First win at home in it's four games, don't think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, I think they, in the end, they kind of, they did enough to get the result, but they weren't by any means world-beating. And QPR are hot and cold at times, so I yeah, don't know. Very inconsistent. What do you think of the, the Liverpool striking crisis, or n- maybe lack crisis is probably the word, but this lack of goal disposed with Suarez, from Suarez, Andy Carroll, Bellamy, Dirk Kite. Um, not, not, I think four goals Suarez has scored, and that he's their top scorer or something yeah. like that. He started off very well, but then he, they kind of dried up a small bit, and he's been kind of... I think it's... Um, he, Kenny almost has too many players in an attacking sense. Because who do you leave out? Because do do, he's putting Henderson on the wing and he's not a winger and he's accommodating him and then you've Kite on the bench. But then you're see swapping him around. Uh, last week I think Kite started, uh, or no, he didn't start. He came off the bench, I think, Kite did. But and, and Bellamy started and Bellamy didn't start this week. So you're, every week you're, you're front three or your front four 
are swapping and Suarez is probably the only consistent player in there so like you're you're swapping players around Suarez so that kind of that fluency that you build up with players after playing with them for a couple of weeks just is, is gone every week I think Kenny needs to settle on maybe a front two or front three or front four that players go forward and maybe that'll be helped when Gerrard comes back I don't know but then losing Lucas kind of upsets the whole thing too so uh, I think uh, he needs to work on training or he needs to get a bit more consistency in the front couple of players and then the goals will start coming again because they do cre- I saw some of the game and they, they, some of the football they play at times is very good Charlie Adam can pass the ball they can all pass the ball and they're all very good players but it's just working together and the little touches that kind of don't come off now and again and that, that kind of leaves them open the back then too and that's when they can strike um, Sean Ray Phillips should have probably had a goal he wasn't offside um, but the referees called it offside he was just about on I think so um, yeah he shouldn't he shouldn't have um, next game next game Villa and Bolton 2-1 to Villa Bolton look, look, look they're in real trouble don't they oh they're in terrible trouble uh, and Coyle's under real pressure I think yeah. foot of the table now 9 points uh, uh, 3 points and they're 3 points off Wigan who are 17th so they, a win won't even take them out of the bottom 3 at this stage um, Villa could have had 5 goals in this uh, Villa playing for uh, Bent had an off day now it must be said Bent was uh, he missed about three or four chances and he should have he should have got two goals anyway definitely third, third or fourth one uh, there were only half chances uh, Bonnerhurst playing well Inzagabi as well playing well Petrov had a, two or three good chances to hit the crossbar I think oh, he just strikes the ball so well you know um, at the back then they're solid Guzan made one or two very good saves um, so Villa are going well like they're eight in the Premier League at the moment, so yeah, behind Newcastle. Had a bit of slump there for a few few games. Yeah, it looked like they're back on track again. Um, but I think that's the first time in Owen Coyle's managerial career that he's he actually is facing a bit of a crisis. He's, he said nothing yeah. but a success so far with Burnley and and what have you. know so um, it'll be a test of character and see how he comes out of it. Yeah. Like um, I like he he could be the next manager to get socks. I think Steve Keane personally, I think Steve Keane will be the next manager to go. But after that, he would be in real danger. Mm. But I think they should just stick with him because. In the end, like it took Alex Ferguson a couple of years. I know you know he didn't get relegated, mm. but then you could sometimes it happened to West Ham. I think this year and happened to Newcastle la- last year. Yeah. So, you know, it, if you take a year, go down a level, get the players because uh, West Ham have a lot of good players now. They've kept, like they even got, yeah. they had to sign some Premiership players. So if Bowen just take a bit of time because they've been struggling for the last few years. So if they just take a year, maybe drop yeah. a level, come back. Yeah, I'm sure cash is obviously a big problem there as well at the moment. As well. Yeah, is it, with, with everyone, cash is a problem. Like Everton, they've sold. So I'll make Lart for 10 million, 10 and a half million, and they actually announced uh, half a million losses as well. So how do you sell a player for 10 million and then lose half a million on the books as well? So the football, there's a debt problem in football, clearly. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next game. It was 125 years of, of the Arsenal. There's big, big celebrations in the, in the Emirates Stadium. Uh, I think we have a clip here from um, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. It gets quite emotional in the middle of it. It's kind of weird to think about 120 years and the amount of great players that played for Arsenal Football Club. And for me to be right here, you know, I have to say thanks to all of them because I wouldn't have been able to be right there kneeling in front of a, in front of this stadium uh, without their their help. So uh, also I wanted to thank them uh, and also a special thanks to my friends, uh, close friends.
show emotions often. Uh, some of the times, some of the press used to kill me for not showing emotion, but uh, there you go, I'm showing emotion right now uh, for the club that I love. Mm. Um, yeah. Arsenal legend. This is your team. <laughs> That's my team. And, uh, probably a lucky victory yesterday, but just one moment of sheer brilliance from Abs- Mr. Van Persie. Absolute class. Goal in the month, probably. Yeah, goal could be goal of the season. Could be goal of the season. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Rooney has a, has a game against Man City coming up. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, do you, who, um, ch- who were the, tr- the statues? They were Chapman, was it? Actually, the, I don't know. <laughs> they were, um, it was the first, the f- one of the first managers of Arsenal. I think his name was Chapman. Um, then it was Tony Adams, ni- 19, uh, captain in the 90s, and Thierry Henry, the three big, d- okay. they were the three big uh, players that they wanted to honour. Um, personally, though, I felt that they could have uh, done one for Arsenal Wenger too, maybe. Yeah, well, they probably will in time. You know? I mean, yeah. His time isn't over yet, so I mean, another four, five, six years in them. I, I was kind of thinking about this today, and it just kind of occurred to me that of you know, his philosophy and his young players, yeah. and he brings them in and he tutors them and stuff. But the players that have left, you think uh, Adebayor, um, Torre, uh, Heleb, uh, Flamini, Eduardo, um, what was the other guy, the striker? He went to Brazil. Or no, he, was, well, he was Brazilian. Oh, I can't think of his name. Oh, no, he wasn't Brazilian, he was Spanish. Um, oh, that guy. Anyway, that striker, uh, Eduardo. And there's a list of long list of players, even players not, not as big as those guys, but they're the big players. And they haven't done as well since they've left Arsenal. Like Albior, like he, he is fantastic on his day, but he hasn't done as what he did at Arsenal. Mm. He was brilliant at Arsenal for two seasons. Um, Henri, I know Henri came to, went to Barcelona and did win the Champions League, but he didn't set the fire alight. Or to set the the world alight, shall I say. After he left Arsenal, he went and now he's in America. And he's he, uh, people have been saying to him, he doesn't look doesn't look right over in uh, over in America. He doesn't look like he's enjoying it, yeah. and he could retire like next season. They're saying, but um, yeah, he he was very emotional there. You, you could tell. Um, I think the amazing thing is all the ex-players just they still have so much respect and so much love for the club and for, for Wenger. So I mean, they obviously enjoyed their time, and. As you said rightly, the majority of players who left haven't gone on to greater things. Patrick Vieira is probably an exception. It looks like Fabregas will be, Patrick, an, yeah. will be an, ex- an exception. Their exceptions because they're fabulous players themselves, but you think of the Torrey, like he hasn't done anything. Mm. Fab- Flamini, Fabregas, they went to big clubs and they haven't done anything. Mm. So uh, yeah, most of the players haven't done. And that, I think that's a testament to Arsene Wenger's management too. But as we said, I'll just come back to the match because we've gone away from the match totally now. Um, sublime strike by Van Persie. If you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube or on RT or BBC or Sky Sports or whatever, whatever you're having. To go have a look at it because it is a fantastic goal. Or you've probably seen the highlights package later on this year. Now, good so goal, good goal from or good pass from Alex on good, good, good cross through. Yeah, Alex on play, playing well at the moment. Yeah, and uh, great goal. Probably I think it was a bad, bad game. I think Arsenal were um, hampered by the fact that they, they had. Four so four central defenders on the field um, yeah. from Alan Clay left back to playing it right back, so they, weren't, they obviously weren't getting fired. They're missing their full backs at the moment, um, but I mean they they controlled the game and they, like um, they got the results. So Everton played it very tight too. They were I think they were looking for a draw in the end kind of, and mm. it, it did take something special and it was special and yeah, unlucky uh, for Everton too because they they do everything. This this is the thing with Everton. They do everything right every week. They kind of do everything they can right, but they're always undone by something smaller like. And it, 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 like as a lack of goals has really caused them uh, hardship so far this season, but um, it, yesterday it was a spine bit of magic, and you can't count for that. So I think David Moyes kind of says in the interview, interview afterwards, he just takes it like cause yeah. you can't do anything about it. I know he's a great manager, David Moyes as well. So. Yeah, it's what's unfortunate position he finds himself in with uh, with, Everton, with Everton with no money or no chance of money to one unless they sell the club. 
yeah. and um, I think they're 35 million in debt, their overall debt is at the moment. So Yeah, that's terrible. It's not going to get any better for them unless they, unless they find an investor. The next match, Swansea 2, Fulham nil. Again, um, Swansea is going very well. Swansea, again, at home, um, all the pro teams this year have done very well at home. I think that's kind of, um, you see that each year, United don't lose at home. All the big teams don't lose at home. And if you go in at home, you have a great chance of staying in the league. Um, it's their sixth clean sheet at home this season. It's, the be- it's actually the best tally in the Premiership. I can tell you, um, they've won all their home games. They've conceded just two goals at home. Just, just a few stats, just to okay. prove my point. I'm, I'm ramming at home because this, this, because it, it proves the Swansea and they play good football too. And I think they're kind of okay. This is a bit far, maybe. They are like Spain, Swansea. They keep the ball and they make the other team work. And by making the other team work, they tire them out and then they go forward. Now I did catch them out against Man United because they did. They gave away one or two balls in dangerous areas. Giggs pounced on it, got a goal. Um, see, so against the big teams, it does kind of catch them sometimes, but they will stay in the Premier League. I think. What do you think? Do yeah, you think? I, I think so too. Uh, again, Brendan Rodgers is a good, a good young manager, so um, he hasn't played the right way. And um, I have to say, but Fulham, they're not having a great season either, are they? Um, they're they're up and down. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was a bad sign when Brian Hughes left. Or Brian Hughes, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Sorry, uh, uh, it was a bad sign because he wasn't getting the funding apparently or whatever. I, there was some reasons there, and I don't think we fully understand them. So you can understand if a manager as good as Mark Hughes leaves, there is something kind of there that he, he's he's not reason, leaving because he, he's going somewhere else. He hasn't gone somewhere else, so there is something there, and I think that will be to the detriment of Fulham in the end. Mm-hmm. Now, they have made one or two good signings. Brian Ruse is a great signing. Uh, John Henry is another great signing. So, um, yeah, they, they have they have the players. Duff, Duffer is there as well. Uh, Swatters, their hand, uh, Hagland. Uh, Baird Dempsey. not a bad player Demp- Dempsey had a terrible game yesterday must be said missed the penalty uh, got no goal so he, they do rely on him a small bit but um, they have good players so they uh, they won't be in trouble but they will be bottom half I would yeah. say and fair and like I know Mark Jones had a, had a great few seasons with Spurs back in the, back a few years ago but um, he hasn't set the world alight yet so I mean I wouldn't say they're totally out of danger either, you know. I mean, yeah. they probably won't get relegated, but I mean, they could get sucked into a battle if the if results don't improve and if they don't get more consistency. And as well. then you're also going to come under pressure. That's when the yeah. real yeah. starts, uh, the stuff hits the fan then. Yeah. Uh, West right. Brom won, Wigan 2. Great, vital, vital win for Wigan. Uh, man, away from home. Yeah, great win. Uh, Hodgson was furious after the game. You, yeah, I saw him. Um, everything it is it's great win for win will win for Wigan. Uh, they really needed to get off the foot of the table. Uh, they're now in an uh, 18th. They're still not out of the relegation zone, and I think they are favourites to go down. Um, West Brom's terrible result for West Brom. They can't be losing games like that mm-hmm. to Wigan. But it is, that's it's the doggy dog world of football. One team goes up, one ke- team goes down. Uh, West Brom now dropping down to 15th with 15 points. You know, you just, I think they did, think they're doing better last year. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't have statistics on that, but I would say that they were doing better last year. Yeah, uh, and uh, I just I looked at the table actually from from I think from ninth to twentieth, there's, there's three four points separate in the whole, the whole of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one or two results. Exactly. And they go right up, and one or two they can get dragged, they can get sucked down just as easily. And um, it seems to be like just there was I think maybe two leagues last or th- maybe three leagues three mini leagues going on in, in the Premiership mm-hmm. the last few seasons now it looks like basically just two it's top yeah. six, seven and the rest yeah, I would be told that there's, um, they're, they're getting much more, much closer and is, is the quality deteriorating or the quality getting better but they're, they're not, they all seem to be getting po- they're taking points off each other and no there's no big kind of standing out at all And I would think it's, the, it's just the way English football is 
Um, if you're going to, uh, just just as a reaction to that, I would just say as to way English football is English football is all about is all about will and doggedness, and I think Stoke kind of empower that, and a lot of other teams do too. And in Spain, you know, you would say Real Madrid and Barcelona are far better, but like the likes of Valencia, they're not like you put them in the Premier League, and I think they would probably finish above Chelsea, uh, maybe not Chelsea. They finish above Tottenham, Liverpool, uh, close run with Arsenal, maybe. So did like those t- uh, Valencia's, the Villarreal, they're not bad teams. But Spain is a different kind of. It's an easier league to play in, because referees give fouls a lot easier, and uh, you know you do a lot of foul, and it's just an easier league to play in. Uh, Premiership is a tough league where, like you saw that West Brom, uh, Wigan, it was a dog fight. You know, a penalty, a penalty goes your way, a penalty goes against you, you lose a match. Next day it could go the other way. So uh, the Premiership is a really tough league that in that kind of sense. But in terms of footballing, I don't think it's footballing. I don't think it is top. Do you know that kind of way? Top quality. Spain probably probably would be the top of the league, I think. I know that's kind of controversial, but you can come back to me if you want to. Ring <laughs> I'll, I'll fight you no, on it. I agree. To, to, to today's action, big one for Stoke. Um, oh yeah, today's two one. Uh, at the way, scored a penalty. Uh, Everton scored two goals from long throws. Yeah, <laughs> the, um, this was a it wasn't, it wasn't Rory the lap either because Rory the lap was injured too. He was on the bench. Yeah, he came on the last time and stuff. Uh, it was a massive from Stoke. Um, John uh, John Walters was uh, John Walters and Crouch really were stand up performers for Stoke. I think today, Clyde Whelan was also very good. Just an Irish point of view. Um, Spurs just kept coming and kept coming at Stoke but like Stoke just kind of held them out possibly one or two shots of penalty Glenn Whelan did give away the penalty on Modric um, I did think it was kind of a bit of a cheat because in the olden days um, Modric because if, if, he, he wouldn't be yeah, in the olden days you wouldn't have gone down you would have stayed up and carried on and maybe put in a cross or kind of cut the ball back across the box but Modric being, I don't know, European kind of, he did go down kind of easily. Then Whelan kind of felt aggrieved. And I kind of felt from too because it uh, it was a penalty probably, but it was very soft. Um, but a great result for Stoke. Like, um, true to their, if they win next Thursday, they're top, they'll be top their group in Europe as well. Whereas Spurs, they have very little chance of going through. They're, they play Shamrock Rovers in Dublin Thursday night. So, um, yeah, it's kind of two kind of contrast for us, uh, fortunes there. Spurs going so well. Come to come to Stoke, and as I said, where they go, it's a battle. Stoke won the battle. They they got the points. Stoke move up the table. Tottenham stay where they are. You know, mm. Arsenal could drop them next week. Then Arsenal just two points behind now, but but Spurs do have a game in hand, so um, it's, you know, it's very tight. And like I think t- to be fair, Spurs haven't had the top top teams either. No, they've had a, f- a fair enough run of results and mm. run, run of fixtures. So I mean, they have yet probably yet to be challenged totally. No, they're they're looking like top four, top four contenders, but I mean. They haven't really had the, the f- yeah the real tough teams a run a run of results like that. Like it's amazing they have great players, magnificent players. You think of Parker, great player, Modders, great player, Van der Vaart played today, great player, uh, Len, Bale, um, you Asiokato is a is a very solid uh, right back, uh, Kyle Walker another great player, Brad Friel done for years. Um, I haven't even mentioned Adebayor yet. You know, and even on, on the bench they have some very good players the four on the bench can't get a game the four, uh, every time he comes on he scores they just he can't make the starting 11 it's, it's, uh, it's, great. Well, it's great it's a great sign of the, of the, the strength and depth like, but um, but they just don't have they just, they're not at it as much really mm. they, as, I think it's probably a mentality of don't Arsenal have been there they've won titles Arsenal mm. Wenger's won titles so has Man United so have Chelsea Spurs don't have that I think that's what's kind of lacking in them yeah. and especially Parker you know, he's, our, he's our captain at the moment because King is injured and he doesn't have that either like, he, he kind of failed Chelsea when he went there, I know it was kind of a hard time because when he came in the summer, Abramovich came in, so it was kind of he came in, and then there was a load of big signings, Deco and the likes of that. 
So I know it's hard for Chelsea, but I don't think he's ever really done at the top table. I know he's a great player, I won't say he's not, but he really hasn't done at the very, very mm-hmm. top. And I think that's kind of what's la- what they lack. You know, I think that's what Modric wanted to leave Spurs for. Of course, Chelsea win a title, you know. But this evening, Spurs are ahead of Chelsea on the table as well. And Chelsea have got their own problems. Chelsea have their own problems, but they are true to the Champions League uh, knockout yeah, stage, so yeah. I, can't, I won't take it away from them. <laughs> Never will be happy to hear me out. You know. will indeed. And the final game then was Sunderland 2, Blackburn 1, Martin O'Neill first game in charge of the stadium light, ended Sun- in a victory. Yeah, they conceded a terrible goal, uh, Vulnich just got a header, um, scrappy, to f- scra- very scrappy, but um, they came back in the last 10 minutes and um, really I think uh, it was kind of embodied what O'Neill is about, all spirit and heart and everything, and again it's Premier League, spirit and heart and die for the club, die for the badge, and they got two goals and they won the match and Bla- uh, Steve Keane now under further pressure, met O'Neill it's a good win to start off his tenure as manager. Like I wouldn't say he, Martin O'Neill had a lot to do with that win, but they probably did it for him in that kind of sense, you know. Yeah, and it was it was a great goal. Uh, Seb Larson's goal, the oh, free fantastic kick free last, kick, last, yeah. Um, last few minutes. So, but with Martin, I think Martin's going to have a great, great imp- impact on the club, and he's definitely going to get him to the top half. I would think, you know. So I mean, yeah. he's a great manager. He's got a track record. He'll get a few signings in you now in January as well. And he, I think he will have the funds available. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I think he'll, he'll be a good signing for him. You know? All right, Steve yeah. Bruce was. He was going nowhere fast, was he? He was going, yeah, exactly. He was going nowhere. He kind of, I think, he tried to kind of replace Sunderland with United. He got it like you, you've Bardsley, you've O'Shea, Wes Brown, um, Richardson. Um, but they weren't, they weren't the top. They're all mostly squad players, really, weren't they? Exactly, they're squad players. United squad players. He, yeah. he was, re- he was hoping that they would do the business from. They didn't do mm-hmm. the business. I think O'Neill now he will work with the likes of O'Shea because O'Shea is a good player and Brown's a good player. But he'll kind of set a structure in place, and he's a much better coach, I think, O'Neill than Bruce. Bruce, he's a central defender. He probably doesn't know a lot about O'Neill. Is more of a thinking kind mm. of manager, I think. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair to Bruce, but I'm, I don't well, think no, I am. He he didn't get the best out of um, wherever he's gone in the past. He's all he, he's always got the best out of Titus Bramble for some reason. He's probably the only one that could yes, get the best exactly. out of Titus Bramble. And he, he, Michael Turner, like last few, last two or three seasons, was outstanding, and he's he's not even into team in the first team at the moment, you know. Mm. And he, he on his day, he's an outstanding centre half as well. Bru- um, Bruce wasn't helped by the fact that Jan is gone and Bent went. So that are two big signs. I mm. think if you lost those in most Premiership teams, that they would struggle. They would like. struggle, yeah. So. Um, but it's, but no, it's the signings that he made. And he, he made eleven signings in the summer. In the summer, like you know, and basically built a pretty average squad and uh, probably poor team. Yeah, that's why yeah. I did. So I mean, the signings that haven't worked out, and um, that kind of cost him a job in the end. Yeah, he wasn't getting the best of the players. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we have to take a few ads because we're kind of running over time. Oh my god. Okay. Um, it's turning into the soccer show. <laughs> Okay, we'll be right back after these. Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall. Enjoy a festive family Christmas at Greenburn Garden Centre, Saturdays and Sundays. You can book breakfast with Santa in the cafe, visit our live crib where animal feeding time is at 11am and roam around Greenburn where Santa is collecting letters and giving out treats. Free kids Christmas crafts, treat yourself to lunch in the bistro with mince pies, puddings and mulled wine and choose your real Christmas tree at Greenburn. Remember, children's toys now in stock and 10% off Christmas decorations. Come to Greenburn this Christmas. Free lunch for children under 10, one child per paying adult. For bookings, call 024 901 66. 
Touch of Class Ladies Fashion Boutique, 66 North Main Street, Yall. Fabulous autumn collections now in store to suit all occasions from sizes 10 to 20. Fantastic selection of accessories to complement any outfit. Deposits now taken for Christmas. For that perfect gift this Christmas, give a Touch of Class gift voucher. Call Tess or Teresa now on 024 91255 or visit touchofclass.ie. So, why are more and more people buying them? It's really well built. Yeah, it's so well designed. Mine's really economical. My kids will be grown up before the warranty runs out. It never lets me down. My road tax is so low. Check out the all-new Kia range at Yall Kia Cork Road Yall. Call Patrick Jason on 024-93919 or visit yallkia.com. Yall Kia are the proud sponsors of the JR Country Show, Monday nights on CRY 104FM. O'Neill's Oil, Coal and Gas, 132 North Main Street, Yall, keeping you warm this winter. O'Neill's, your local fuel merchants, meeting all your heating requirements, stocking quality Polish coal, blocks, briquettes and colour-causing gas. Offering unbeatable quality and value, O'Neill's is your local authorised ESO dealer for same-day delivery service, stocking all grades of oil. Phone us today on 024-91930 to place your order. Finbar and Michael John would like to thank all our customers for their continued support and we would like to wish you all a very happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year. Why not let Sunflower Cookery take care of all your catering needs for that special event? Mary Kay Solomon of Sunflower Cookery is available for catering, cooking demos and food demonstrations. A graduate of the Ballymaloo Cookery School, Mary Kay specialises in a variety of different cuisines to suit your tastes and budget. For bookings, call 086-8277-117 or email sunflowercookery at iol.ie. Season's greetings from Alison and staff at the newly refurbished Yall Pharmacy, 149 North Main Street, Yall, stocking a wide range of skincare products, including Dr. Hushka, Trilogy, Body Shop, Vichy, and Dead Sea Magic. Come in and see our wonderful range of Christmas gifts for all the family. We have the perfect gift for you this Christmas. Let Alison and staff take care of all your health care and beauty needs during the festive period and all year round. Call Yall Pharmacy now on 024 90073. Pat Short here, inviting you to Pat Short's Bar, Castle Martyr, a traditional Irish pub serving food from 12 to 5 daily and up to 8pm Thursday to Saturday. There's great live music this week at Pat Short's. On Friday night, it's a great trad session with Nigel Grufferty and friends from 9.30. And on Saturday night, December the 10th, Mark Long is live in the bar from 10.30. Pat Short's Bar, Castle Martyr. You never know who you might meet there. Broadcasting to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall. The Benchwarmers on Community Radio Yall. We want to hear from you. Call us on 024 922 or text on 087 and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Hello, hello and welcome back um, to The Benchwarmers. We're joined online by Stephen Toomey. Hello. How, how are things, Aaron? Not too bad. You went up for, to see the Connacht match. I, I was at the Connacht match, and for once my line actually stays intact, so I can <laughs> tell you about the Connacht match. Uh, yeah, I was up in Galway yesterday, I made the trek across the country. I'm living in Dublin, got the bus over uh, yesterday the morning. Bus? and Sorry. Yeah, uh, direct bus, which was very, very handy from uh, Dublin to Galway. Yeah. And yeah, I was amongst the 5,150 people that were there to witness Gloucester, just about beating Connacht, but um, I know we kind of scorn uh, moral defeats in, in New Ireland, Ireland as opposed yeah. to the old days, but it was a moral defeat for Connacht, and I thought they left it out there in the field. Um, they had no regrets. They gave it the best shot they had, and I thought Gloucester were 
just just about the better team. Was Gavin Duffy's try good? This is what I ask you. Uh, to be honest with you, it was lucky. Um, yeah, it yeah. was a Gary Owen from Niall O'Connor, uh, who was very, very unimpressive mm. and did kind of no favours in the game. Uh, but in that instance, he had a good Gary Owen, got caught in the wind. Uh, Gavin Duffy got in top foot and managed to evade at a coming tackle and running over the line. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. a boost for Connor to the crucial stage because they were on the rack at the time. But um, to, it, was, it was probably Connor's weakest point, to be honest. There were a lot of young players in the back line, like to turn up. Halloran, Dave McSharry, a bit of inexperience. They, they never really came close to scoring a try yeah. apart from that instance. So maybe that lack of penetration left Connacht down at the finish. Two points on that. Um, one, I never rated Gavin Duffy. And two, Nicola, I think, is a much better out half. Would you agree? Um, to be honest with you, if I'm being straight and honest, because I, t- I think you hear a lot of bluff when it comes to Connacht. I don't see enough of Gavin Duffy yeah. uh, to make a definitive comment on him. I thought he was solid yesterday. Actually, I thought Connacht's um, standout player was Frank Murphy, a scrum mm. half he led, by example, and John Muldoon, who was just a warrior on the back line. Um, like, I think we're kind of, unfortunately, due to the lack of press coverage Connacht get, we're kind of blessed with a bit of ignorance when it comes to the play- players yeah. they have. And I suppose we'd know a lot more about Connacht this season if their key players had been kept at the club I said it before in the bench warmers the likes of Fionn Carr yeah. Sean Cronin and Ian Keatley who are, are frankly doing nothing over yeah. with Leinster and Munster respectively and who could easily have given back to Connacht for one more year in the Heineken Cup and I even talking to people in Galway yesterday they felt very very grieved how there are a few had kind of uh, picked their pockets and taken their best players when Connacht this year was their year to shine the Heineken Cup I agree with you totally. I agree with you totally. But just just to come back on the the Gavin Duffy point, I've I've seen him play. <coughs> sorry, in uh, Ireland days, and I've seen him occasionally for when he made an appearance for the Ireland um, senior squad, and I and and occasionally for Connacht too when they play Munster or Leinster. Um, I just think he's just quite ordinary, and I just think he doesn't do. He doesn't do enough as a back three player. Like likes Carney, he's great on the ball. He's good on the high ball too, and he's good good booting him. Gavin Duffy, he's just good on the high ball, and he doesn't really. He joins the backline every now and again, and he just he doesn't really score enough tries, I think either. So I just he think he's kind of ordinary. He doesn't score enough tries, but to be fair to him, I thought his boot was quite good yesterday. Yeah. I thought in the absence of Niall O'Connor showing any game management at fly half, or yeah. um, kind of to talk, Gavin Duffy uh, had a few towering kicks that kind of re-established position for Connacht so I don't know about that but yeah. I, again um, yeah, I, I, did, I haven't seen the game yesterday so I couldn't yeah. comment on what he did yesterday again, but I suppose the fact that he never made it with, with a big club or he never was moved on to Leinster or Munster in this part of the world because I know he played in England for a few years and did quite well over there but the fact he never made it over here with a Munster or Leinster would tell you that maybe Connacht is maybe his level but I thought he was quite okay yesterday. I want to say Irish with the next uh, next few. We've Leinster winning against Bath today. Uh, Ulster thirty one against uh, thirty one ten against Roney and Munster against Scarlets. Um, I was supposed to start with Leinster because it was today. Um, they butchered butchered a lot of chances today. Did you see any of the game? I did. I saw most of the game. Um, it was. I, I think both the Munster and Leinster games were wars of attrition. Um, yeah. Reading Neil Francis uh, this morning in the Sunday Independent, it's where all Leinster had to do was turn up. Yeah. Uh, I think they got a, a right shock to their system the way back went after them. Back just weren't clinical enough, and I think not for the first time uh, Leinster was great defensive play in terms of Damn the lack of conceding tries. Uh, stood to them uh, as it has in the past. Or a really, really 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 seasoned Heineken Cup team and they can soak up pressure 
like what we saw with Munster yesterday as well. Yeah, like I, I was watching the game today, and uh, Leinster are magnificent in defence. They can take anyone, and every player. For example, I think Fergus Fadden was very good in defence actually. Yes, uh, yeah, for our Leinster, absolutely. he just gets up and keeps tackling. I think that's probably went away with in ahead of Ono Mali, but um, like every player just gets up, and then you've Keane Healy comes off the bench and he does it. And when you have like you can have Keane on the bench, like and it's magnificent. Like Leinster are a standout team, I think, possibly in Europe this year because they're, they're uh, going forward and going back, going everywhere. Johnny Sexton, magnificent too, I think. I, I, I think it'll be, like, not that it's in doubt already, but I think to make Leinster are truly, truly great side, if they could put together back-to-back Heineken Cups. Yeah, that would you know, be the would, it would be the, It would be the legacy of fifth Irish win seven years in the Heineken Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they look good at the moment, and especially when you consider Brian O'Driscoll is out injured, and I'm sure, I can't even think of, they have one other frontline player out injured at the moment as well, Shane Horgan. Yeah. was on the sidelines as well like just the depth of their squad and the way they're managed and kind of from the academies all the way up to the first team like this kind of what you need and it's the same if one is the same in soccer as well with Barcelona you need a culture from the bottom up and over the past five or six years Leinster have got that right whereas once they were a soft touch from the bottom to the top you know there's a culture of winning a culture of we are the best we are Leinster and you see it today backs against the wall there was one stage at the end of the first half where it looked like Bat were certain to run in for a try. Mm. Ball spread out wide and there was four Leinster players after one back player and shoved them over the line. You know, it's just that hunger and desire to win. You know, it, it just stood out today for Leinster. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just moved from there onto Munster because Munster had it have it in spades. Like Munster, Scarlet's came high fly, or Scarlet's were playing at home, sorry, they didn't come. Um, Scarlet's high flying team, they've been playing very well of late. Reese Priestland, man of the moment, shall we say, in, Robbie, in the rugby world. But Munster came and they were dogged and they were determined and they typified everything about Munster. Paul O'Connell, 30, 33 minutes on the clock, he had 10 carries at, after 33 minutes. He was a magnificent. Do you, you see this? Oh, he probably didn't actually. I, I did. I saw the game, Aaron. This is this is my dedication to researching <laughs> for the bench warmers. I was in the pub afterwards, and while I was having one or two brewskis, I did sit through uh, the Munster game. And then I was just going to say that I thought Paul O'Connell, Paul O'Connell even was outstanding. Yeah. I think some of the best rugby of his career after maybe a year or two off the boil was picked on most of the pundits' best team for the Rugby World Cup. Has carried that form at Munster. I thought, like yourself, he was amazing. Um, what kind of struck me with Munster yesterday was there was a film called uh, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. It kind of struck me yesterday watching Munster. It was kind of a case of how Munster have gotten their grooves back because last yeah. year they were written off all over the place. Like, there's no questioning, like, I don't know about your opinion, Aaron, that Munster are still in transition. But, like, even yesterday, you could, t- you could see the Munster of old, even halfway through the first half, I said it to a buddy I was with, you could just see Munster win this. You could see him sealing the deal. Yeah. It just, they've gone back to basics, up the jumper, a lot of mauling, they put it out to the backs when they need to, but you know, this is a Munster team that seems a lot more confident and sure on its own skin this year as yeah. opposed to last year. What impressed me was Peter Manny. Uh, he typified everything that Paul yeah. O'Connell did, and he was behind Paul O'Connell for every carry. And like as a young fella, that like that's very encouraging to see because he's going to be the next generation. And even like Zebo, he had a shaky start, kind of got caught a little bit for the try. I was actually I was just going to just ask you about Zebo Aaron because like you're dead right, he did get caught for the try. I thought, like, he looked bright, but I thought there was a bit of inexperience yeah. in terms of he kicked away possession when he got into space. But, like, I thought he showed a lot of speed, a lot of skill to suggest that with more Heineken Cup experience, and you can't beat that Heineken Cup experience, that, you know, this opportunity has in Doug Howlett's absence that Zebo could be a real, real fine for most of this year, even though he did establish himself last year, this would be the make or break of him this year. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. I think he could be the next Dowling. 
but yeah. I think he does miss some of the top three inches to make it to the Keith Earls or the Luke Fitzgerald stage to be an Ireland player. That kind of natural pace though that maybe a Dowling didn't have in terms of like when he got the ball yesterday, he did look electric when he got into space. Mm. Yeah, he is very electric when he gets on the ball, but then it's it's the shit, this, as you said, the decisions he makes sometimes. He yeah, kicked the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what I think Luke Fitzgerald kind of suffers a bit from it too, and that will probably keep him out of the Irish team maybe. And he's young; he's only about twenty. What he's twenty one. He actually is twenty one. I think he's twenty two yeah, next yeah. year. So like he does have a lot of time to learn. But um, yeah, he's he this this hind cup dog dog collar injury could be the making of him. Like really. What do you think of uh, the monster forwards and the scoring in particular, the Prees? And Bota really, really stood up yesterday. Bota is a magnificent signing. He's he's just holds everything up in a scrum. Um, I think second row, um, Ryan, uh, or not Ryan, yeah, yeah Ryan, sorry, uh, very good. Colin, um, I've I've been critical critical of him before, but he carried well yesterday. Ryan Ronan, uh, magnificent try, great, uh, great, great uh, dummy, yeah. He he, I've seen him. He's he's no more than five foot eleven, but he is as wide as a house. And he, and I say like I um, I would be like once I train up in CIT and I go to CIT and you see them going in for it, and I say he eats more than anyone else. He's just a dynamo, like and. Does he eat as much as your co-host? Um, I'd, I'd say I'd say he eat more <laughs> nearly. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think of uh, Hurley's offload for the try? I thought that was probably the most outstanding piece of skill in the game. The one-handed offload yeah. behind his back and just set that move in motion. I thought it was a fantastic piece of play. He's one player I really like and I really yeah. hope he comes back to form because I think on his day he has everything. He has a p- Maybe I'm not off the mark but he has pace when he gets going. He yeah. has skill and he has he has maybe his boot is maybe less than down now and again but he's good under the high ball too and I think he could be a very good player but um, he did lose he lost a bit of confidence and he had a few injuries and I think if he comes back he could yeah. be a great player. You know? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, he was thrown in at the deep end a few yeah. years ago, and he had to play full back. Him and uh, Tomas O'Leary, that that was their their season, I think. Definitely yeah. through him. Yeah, and you know, he did come under a lot of criticism that year, even though Munster mm. won the Heineken Cup, that he was a bit young, a bit green. You know, he's had his few years, his ups and downs. Mm. Uh, I I would be more comfortable with him as a full back than a wing personally, because yeah, I don't so think he I. has the natural pace to be a wing. But he seems to have the skills set to to be a player on that Munster back or back five and you'd hope that, you know, this would be the year that he would really, really establish himself and push on and maybe offer competition for international places. He's definitely more of a full back than Johnny Murphy. I think Johnny Murphy yeah. is, is out of place yeah. at full back. Um, as in terms of going far from international duty I think if he gets a good run this year and I think if he stays injury free confidence I, I've heard that confidence can be an issue with him and if he keeps his confidence um, I think he could push maybe for Six Nations but that'll be that's a bit down the tracks yet like. well fingers crossed hopefully he's listening to the bench warmers tonight and he's yeah. after he, hearing or, or singing his praises anyway yeah yeah hopefully um, I think we should probably move on uh, small bit uh, to other results uh, big result Castor won 41 uh, 22 against Northampton um, Castor at home but um, still Northampton kind of uh, do you know Northampton are more or less out now um, yeah. looking at the group and it's extraordinary how Munster have kind of monopolised that group and have given themselves an outstanding chance of getting a favourable draw in the knockouts. Three wins from three. Northampton will have little incentive coming when Munster comes to town. You look at Cast, do we fear Cast? No. In Toman Park, could we take them? We can have no doubt. Scarlets aren't to be underestimated. They have the, the cream of the crop in terms of young Welsh players, but you know, in terms of the group that results yesterday forecast and the way they demolished Northampton, you know, throwing the group effectively into Munster's hands, and you'd hope now that Munster Not has been the hard work away from home over the past two, three weeks, and after winning last gasp at home as well, 
that they wouldn't throw it away from here and that they'd get at least two wins, if not three, from their own remaining games. Yeah, can I just, just to finish on this, this point? Munster um, are the only team in this group that don't have a bonus point, and it's effectively, I think, the bonus points that are keeping the Scarlets and Cast in, the, in it yeah. because Absolutely. otherwise, Scarlets would only have eight points and, and Cast would only have four points. So, by the by fact, like uh, Cast now are six off Munster. So, but if Munster beats Scarlets next week, then they're probably true. And um, Northampton have no hope. I suppose you'd, you'd hope that Munster will make it count at home and yeah. they get the bonus points at home and that they'll put their best foot forward because like it, it, it's the beauty of the Heineken Cup. I don't know what you think yourself, Aaron. Even watching Gloucester yesterday, four points up with five minutes to go, you know, your natural inclination is to put the ball up the jumper to yeah. kill the game. But Gloucester realised that only four points up, that said when you look at Toulouse, the way they demolish Connacht and when Connacht play again, that bonus point at the sports ground, sports ground could make all the difference. And that's kind of kind of the finely edged swords that is the Heineken Cup mm. um, ok ne- next match we have to move on um, Saracens 20 or 31 sorry Ospreys 26 um, Saracens going very well English champions kind of steamrolling everyone else have you seen yeah a uh, competitive group at Treviso have shown in in the rapid arrest yeah. that they're more than capable and you know Saracens they can do no more. Um, can I can, I can I just mention yeah. that um, uh, Treviso won against Biarritz. Well, I was I yeah. don't have the score. Oh yeah, it was t- uh, thirty twenty six against Biarritz. Biarritz are always liable to lose away from home though. Um, so this this puts Biarritz under pressure because now I think they have to win their next two games. If Osprey, it's whoever wins their next uh, next game probably puts whoever that um, that that team in the leading position. Saracens on top with ten. You mentioned the French sides because it's incredible. I saw it yesterday with London Irish demolishing uh, Racing Metro away from home. Yeah. That you, you like, unlike the Champions League, you never know what you're going to get from French clubs. As in the Champions League, you know that teams are going to prioritise it. In the yeah. Heineken Cup, you see the French clubs, and some years they'll put a, a big onus in the Heineken Cup, and then other years it'll all be about the Super 14, and they'll do as Racing Metro did yesterday and throw away a game against London Irish. Yeah, and London Irish, an average English team like too, like yeah, the bottom of the group before yesterday's game, yeah. and won hands down yesterday very very comfortably. Um, just speaking of French teams, we go on to Toulouse and Harlequins. Harlequins, um, unbeaten all season. Um, uh, in English, in England, they've been bigged up big time. Oh, this Harlequins are the team to beat. They're they're super. They're class. They're everything. Toulouse destroyed them. Yeah, um, I didn't see this game live. I saw the highlights of it. Yeah. Um, and I saw the way Toulouse seemingly demolished uh, Harlequins. You know, it's the same story with English clubs in soccer and rugby and any sport. It's just the hype. The yeah. hype, and you know, you see the French clubs, and the French clubs do it. When mm. French clubs are are when when they have the bit between the teeth, they do it. Whereas English clubs, they do it in the press. They're piped up to be the best team that ever lived, and we saw to lose away from home. You know, Harlequins had no answer. They were very, very well beaten, mm. and you know, it puts it in perspective that you know. Maybe they aren't in the top bracket of European clubs at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. And the English Premiership is not in the top bracket. Um, no. just, just I was going to say that Toulouse aren't, aren't the most un-French French team that there is. Like, but Luke McAllister would have, I think, to have a real shout. Uh, them and Leinster would be the teams to beat, I think, this year. Yeah, and Toulouse have the pedigree of goals without saying, so yeah. you know, I agree with you there. Um, I think we've just about covered oh, uh, Cardiff Blues 25-8 against Edinburgh not really an important um, game um, in terms of re- results or anything um, Cardiff Blues top top of that group Edinburgh second uh, uh, Irish, as we said are third Racing Metro no hopers at the bottom um, the last one I want to move on to because uh, it's, it's probably the big one from today Clermont of Warren 30 uh, Leicester uh, 12 uh, uh, Clermont of Warren steamrolling uh, Leicester 
I have to be honest, I was on the bus back from Galway right. to Dublin, so I didn't get to see it. But it I'll, 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 f- I'll fill you in a small bit. Um, Morgan Parra, magnificent. Um, Brock James, uh, outstanding. D- those two, that axis of 9 and 10 was brilliant. Um, they, have, I, I, uh, they have a young outside or inside centre number uh, 12. He got man in the match. I can't remember his name offhand. But um, he he was set up for two tr- two tries by Brock James. He did get man in the match because he probably scored because he because he scored two tries. But Brock James, I think, was the real Brock James and, and Morgan Power the real kind of the, the engine room in that team. Um, they're big up front. It's Clermont of Vern. They're they're big and they're strong. Rougerie, magnificent. Um, Leicester, not the team they were they once were. Like it's it's amazing. They still have Croft. They still have Croft. They have Scott Hampton on the wing. He he won a Super Fourteen with Crusaders, I think. Um, Jordan Murphy at fullback. Two, the, both two Langies are playing Toby Flood English out half great English out half um, Ben Young's English scrum half and yet they're just oh, they're just useless I don't know where I don't know how they manage to do it Croft is, must be said is not the player he once was well, well Aaron don't sit in the fence anyway. <laughs> but, uh, I suppose I, you're, I, you're, you're, you're right I suppose in, in terms of that Leicester they don't have the fear factor they used to have yeah. I remember growing up with the Heineken Cup any team that went out to Leicester went out to Welford Road and you so knew what you were getting into you, you were lucky if you got out of there alive. Leicester were the institution in English club rugby. I think they won the English Premier League, correct me, four or five times on, on the trot uh, in the mid or in the early noughties and the late nineties. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's that fear factor. And it's when you gone. start losing that fear factor, you see what yeah. happened to the Claremont, a team of superstars. You listed them there, demolished Leicester. And, yeah. you know, in, in the same way that Munster have got their groove back this year, you know you have to look deep inside and you have to look at how a club works. And for Leicester at the moment, it's it's a question of finding what makes the club tick and bringing a new breed of players and the same guys as Martin Johnson, the leader yeah. of the original Corey. Leicester team. Yeah, those kind of players as English. Type, you need that type of hunger and that sort of not manliness, but you need that sort of physicality and that hunger and desire. It's, it's a mentality too, more than anything yeah. else. Uh, it is, um, absolutely. I think, thanks very much Steve I think we're going to have to leave it there um, I'll talk to you probably during the week uh, we've run out of time so uh, I'll say goodbye to you thanks very much Steve a pleasure Aaron. we'll talk to you soon see you alright um, I think um, ok we'll just, I'll just have a quick uh, mention there of the uh, Rory McIlroy he ca- he didn't uh, get the, he didn't stop Luke Donald uh, winning the, um, the the European Tour um, yeah, today well it was last night Um Hold on, let me compose myself. I, I, I've, I've gone from rugby, rugby straight into into golf, and I'm like, so it was, it was Luke Donald, first man to win the European and uh, PGA tours, uh, the money lists. He had made, where is it, uh, three point three million in Europe and something like four point five million, in um in in the US PGA. So he's he's world number one, uh, at at was it thirty four? I think he's coming. He's kind of at the top of his career now. I think, best luck to him, the Englishman. Uh, Rowan McIlroy apparently been su- suffering from a mosquito um, kind of um, blood viral disease. Um, um, okay. So that's why he's been kind of down. But he's he said that a couple of weeks rest, he'll be all right. Hopefully it won't be too serious. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of like malaria, but it's not malaria. It's a different kind of... It's a, it's a mosquito disease, but it's not malaria. It's kind of... It's a blood disease as well, so it's kind of very similar to malaria, but it's not. Um, his white blood cells or something count is very low. That's what he was saying in the media today. It's quite interesting too to, that he, he was still able to play around the golf and be better than most players in the world uh, at, at half pace. Um, want, to ma- want to mention the all soccer? Oh, sorry. Good yeah, good, thanks for reminding me. They had a good result 
against um, uh, I don't know who they had a good results against Passage sorry 5-1 against Passage uh, Seamus Landers scored Lee Desmond scored 2 and Robert Cronin scored 2 um, uh, finally can I just quickly mention that uh, the Cork County Championship draws were, were made Saturday night um, Yawn and Demeter Hurlers are playing Watergrass Hill first round Yawn and Demeter Footballers are playing Adjigal first round Just I want to give you the Senior Hurling because there's very good, some very good pick fixtures in the Senior Hurling Newtown Chandrum playing Killer first round Klein versus Sarah's first round great East Cork battle there Middleton, Middleton versus Bishopstown probably not the best tie of the whole thing uh, Lynn Rovers versus the Bears great city battle there on uh, current champions Carrick Tool play Corsi Rovers newly promoted course Corsi Rovers that's another good uh, good good uh, matchup Ballymarrell champions from two years ago uh, intermediate champions two years ago should I say playing Black Rock another good game uh, Douglas and Piercig uh, another city battle uh, Aaron's own versus Bright Rovers another East Cork battle so it's full of city and East Cork battles and it should be very good um, the football Castlehaven versus Ahada Newmarket versus the Bears Carberry Rangers versus Common Clannacilty St Nick's versus Noosestown uh, Rosses versus Donaghy Dohanys uh, Illin Rovers versus uh, Ballincollig Napierstig Douglas and probably the best one uh, Bishopstown versus Nemo um, that's, that's the main ones uh, I won't go down to the intermediates but I've given you the all ones Watergrass Hill and Hurling and Adjigal and Football they'll be probably played in May around um, just to finish up as we always do winners and losers this week winners um, have you anything to finally finish up on I don't Alright, uh, winners this week I want to mention Pep Guardiola's winner uh, Barcelona beat uh, Real Madrid 3-1, 3-1 at, uh, at the Bernabeu uh, great game if you've seen it probably replayed during the week uh, they go off now to South America or yeah, to I think it's Tokyo to play the um, World World Cup uh, World Club Cup so the best of luck in that uh, other winners Irish Rugby uh, three promises of winning and Connacht just about lost um, loses this week Man United obviously and Galway J have to spend half a million on uh, redeveloping Pierce Park or else they won't be able to play any any games this year next day or next year in the GA so I think we'll finish on that so best of luck to Galway J and uh, uh, this has been the Bench Warmers thanks for listening we'll be back next week see ya to Yalltown and the surrounding rural area on 104 FM, you're in tune with Community Radio Yall.